Angela Bowen, and welcome to the first episode, the pilot episode of Silver Spoons, the podcast. Together, we are going to find our way a Silver Spoons podcast. So I am going to do a quick little run through of the synopsis of the show, and then we'll do a little bit of trivia, and then I'll talk about what happened on the date that this show premiered. So, in the pilot episode, Ricky Stratton, played by a young Ricky Schroeder, arrives at the mansion of the father he has never met to introduce himself, move in, and get to know him better. Edward Stratton III emphasizes the phrase overgrown child. Oh, he epitomizes the phrase overgrown child. He has never taken responsibility for anything in his life, including his toy business, Eddie's Toys. Ricky recognizes that his father needs to grow up. Edward thinks his son is too uptight and needs to have more fun while he's still young. Alright, so that is kind of a smidge of the overview of the pilot. Is pretty much just introducing the father-son dynamic. We have Ricky, who's been sent to military school by his mother, who's recently remarried. So Ricky leaves the military school in search of his father, who he's just been told about, and his father, who has no idea that he has a son, because he was only married for six or seven days. And, of course, Ricky's like, well, it doesn't take that long. Like, yeah, it When it comes to conception, it really doesn't. It can happen in the blink of an eye. Boom! Your whole life changes. So the pilot aired on September 25th, 1982. I would have been like a month and a day old at that point. Uh, This is from IMDb. The pilot episode has a 7.7 out of 10 rating based on 34 ratings. This episode was directed by Bob Laley and writers... David W. Duclan, who, as you know, went on to create Punky Brewster. We got a lot of writers on here. A lot for this pilot. I've looked through some of the episodes, and there is at least six to seven writers per episode. So the synopsis for this episode from IMDb. Millionaire Edward Stratton III, an overgrown child on the verge of bankruptcy, learns that he has a son, Ricky, from a previous marriage. So, um, I'm also going to read this uh, synopsis here that does lay out the episode, so it gives you an idea of what to expect for this episode. Edward Stratton III is a toy company magnet who is still a child at heart. His Giant Long Island Estate, so he lives in New York, okay, 
is filled with expensive toys, including a train set he rides through the house. This train set is something that everybody who is either on the show or not on the show envied this train set. They wanted to ride the train for, on Silver Spoons. So, on the same day, his lawyer and business manager tell him that he is on the verge of total bankruptcy. He discover, uh, Edward discovers he has a 12-year-old son named Ricky, the product of an ill-fated six-day marriage. So clearly it was a marriage that did not last, that probably never should have happened to begin with. Um, Ricky shows up on his doorstep, and Ricky is computer savvy. He comes to the house from the military school where his recently remarried mother left him. And discovers that his business manager, um, Edward's business manager, has embezzled Edward's fortune. He uses a computer to transfer the stolen money back into the company's account. Good on you, Ricky. While initially reluctant to let the boy live with him, sending him back to school. That's sad. Edward changes his mind because he believes Ricky can teach him how to be a grown-up as much as Edward can show Ricky how to be a kid. Well, <laughs> Edward, we'll see, is a very goofy guy. But as the show goes on, he does become more fatherly oriented towards his son. So when the show premiered, it too was also on a Saturday, same day as this podcast. It, this podcast is debuting on a Saturday. The U.S. president at the time was Ronald Reagan. People in the U.S. in September for this week were listening to Abracadabra by the Steve Miller Band. In U.K., I Have the Tiger by Survivor was in the top five hits. Hey, Good Lookin', directed by Ralph Bakshi, was one of the most viewed movies released in 82, while A Few Minutes with Andy Rooney by Andrew A. Rooney was one of the best-selling books. On TV, people were watching Time Watch. If you liked video games, you were probably playing Liberator or Snack Attack. Alright, interesting. So pretty much how this podcast is going to go similar to Punky Brewster's podcast. It's going to be once a week to start out. The first season is pretty much going to be covered from September through the end of the year. And then with starting season two in January. This show is actually five seasons long, so it's, it ran a season longer than Punky Brewster. It did start in 82, whereas Punky Brewster started in 84, and then it ran until 87, where Punky Brewster would have concluded its series a year later. So the rating I've chosen for the show, you know how Punky power had its Brandon tail wags. Well, this one, at least for season one, and maybe throughout, is going to have the train rating, like three, uh, three out of five trains, or however you want to say it. So, um, as far as for, like, the ending, like, how I felt about the episode, I would probably say more like a silver spoonful or something like that. So that'll be my uh, advice from, like, the episode. Um, I also will, at the end of the podcast, I'll probably talk a little bit about 
what books I'm currently reading. I got a couple library books that I'm really into. I hope the power doesn't go out because this is going to suck. It's thundering and raining. What a crappy day. There's the thunder. Woo. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I'll talk about, you know, books I'm reading, what's going on in my life, what I'm watching on television, which actually we just cut dish. We're done with satellite. We're done with cable TV. We're doing um, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and Hulu. So plenty of options for like more than a, a quarter of the cost of what we were paying for dish. But anyway, I'll, that's the kind of stuff, you know, and you know, I'd like, you know, to keep you updated what's going on my day. Um, with my father and uh, all that stuff. All that stuff is going to be at the end of the, the podcast. So I also will hopefully be having an email for Silver Spoon, Silver Spoon's podcast so you guys can email me your your thoughts. Also, you can follow along on Instagram at the Silver Spoon's podcast on Instagram. Also, the Punky Power podcast will also be um, showing episode updates of the Silver Spoons podcast, as well as for Facebook, too. Even though Silver Spoons does have its own Facebook page, I will be posting episode info on the Punky Power podcast. Jesus Christ, holy Oh my goodness. Oh boy. Sorry about that, guys. I did not mean to take the words in vain. That's just... That was a big boom. Um, but yeah, I'll get more into that at the end of the episode. You know, let's just jump right into this. I've been waiting for six weeks or five weeks to start this podcast. I am so excited. I'm happy you guys have decided to come along on this journey with me. I did want to say um, in the trivia here, the house mansion, actually, that you see... The Stratton Ma Mansion, the exterior shot, shown during the opening credits, is actually Compton Wynyates. I can't even... W-Y-N-Y-A-T-E-S. A Tudor period English country house located in War Warwickshire, England. Wow. Because the way they make it sound like, supposedly in one episode, the mother wants to, like, move next door. And you see this shot of this mansion. It's like this long expanse of of, of land, of, of lawn. There, It's like there is no other house anywhere near it. But anyway, so we come out of the intro. And we go into what I would consider the living room area, and we hear the doorbell ring, and I'm like, oh, so I'm going to get that. But we see the iconic train, we see the um, railroad uh, lever thing, blockade thing come down, and then Edward, of course, is on his train. When we see the railroad crossing with the with the lights and everything going, it's like, oh, that's so cool. And what's cool is they have a remote that opens the door. How wild is that? I don't know. I think I'm more impressed by that door opener than the train. No, the train is cool. I'll admit, the train is very cool. 
And let me tell you guys, if you watch The Wonder Years, then you will recognize this one guy here in this episode. He is Coach Cutlip. Well, actually, his name is, um, I think his name is Robert. That's right, Robert Picardo. And it's just kind of weird seeing this guy outside of being Coach Cutlip. Because this is 82. He wouldn't be Coach Cutlip until 1988. But uh, Edward opens the door and it's... It's Leonard and... Who is a regular, I think, for the first couple seasons. He plays Edward's... I believe his, his lawyer. And then also there's a... Um, Coach Cutlip type guy. He plays Lewis. And he is his, is Edward's, like, maybe tax attorney or, or something that he basically handles Edward's money. So this is basically a living room. We see a coffee table and a couch, but they're pushed, like, all the way back. We also see, um, a large desk with a high back chair. That stuff's all pushed back because we got foosball table. We got like three or four arcade machines set up. Edward is like, hey, you guys want to play some Pac-Man? And uh, Lou and Leonard are all like, no, no, we actually have some business to talk about. And let me tell you guys, it's not good news at all. Okay, so Lou is the business manager. Gotcha. And they basically tell Edward that he's broke. Apparently, Edward's been kind of ducking their calls for a few weeks and like, well, you can't put this off any longer. And back then, all you could really do to get a hold of somebody was the telephone. You didn't have email. You couldn't text. None of that stuff. You couldn't FaceTime. Any of it. I, I'd be not, ha like, wait, 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 you tell me I have no money and I put my trust in you, we're gonna have words. I'm putting my trust and my money in your hands, and you're telling me I'm broke. And, you know, Edward's busy playing Pac-Man and stuff, so this stuff's, like, going in one ear and out the other, and Lou and Leonard are trying to break it down into the easiest format for Edward to grasp. Like, your money is gone. And Edward, or, uh, yeah, Edward's like, uh, gone? Isn't gone gone? He's, they're like, yeah. And Edward just shakes off like, oh, Leonard, don't worry about it. You'll take care of it. You always do. And Leonard's like, well, there's nothing that I can do. Your money is not there. So I want to play this funny <laughs> response that Edward gives when they basically tell him, oh, well, you had no money.
servants. And where servants get paid. They will not work for free. I will. They've been with me since I was a child. They love me. They never leave me. So yeah, Edwards, <laughs> what he says is like, I'm rich, I was born rich, I'll die rich. So basically, yes, Edward was the type of person that was born into money. So as in, money's no object, he'll just pay whatever, do whatever he wants, he's got no real responsibility, he has people handling his money, well, not so much anymore, and Edwards kind of, or um, Leonard tells him, it's like, well, you've been basically living really beyond your means, now that you have no money, um, he's been taking yacht races to, um, some play, some country, um, trips to Paris, stuff like that, and yeah, and Leonard also says, like, not to mention, your servants, they're not getting paid anymore. They're not going to stick around. They don't work for free. And Edward's like, well, these people have been working for me since I was a kid. And, of course, we see a guy in a chef's hat, you know, a baker, you know, cook, uh, maid, you know, other, you know, a butler, stuff like that. They they get the heck out of Dodge. Like, oh, no, we're not working for free. Bye. So Edward does not want to hear that he's supposedly broke. He just tells Leonard, like, this is your problem. Fix it. Find my money. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. We've been friends a long time. I trust you. I have faith in you. So on and so forth. Now this is where Leonard goes to the door to leave, and there is a young blonde-headed boy standing on the doorstep, and he looks at Leonard and is like, Dad? And Leonard's just looking at him like, um, I don't know, it depends, where are you from? <laughs> and, the, and I gotta hand it to Ricky, I mean, he says something like, oh, well, I had to give it a shot, my mom's a liberal. So, okay, yeah, but anyway, no, he's actually looking for Edward Stratton III, but I'm gonna play this clip of Ricky's introduction. Ricky, he's actually dressed in, like, some military garb. Like, he clearly goes to some form of a military school where they wear a uniform. And so he's like, I'm looking for Edward Stratton. Leonard kind of points him in the direction, like, oh, just walk past the train tracks. He's the one playing the video games over there. And Ricky's just got this smile on his face. He's just like, oh, great, great. Hey, are you Edward Stratton the third? And he... 
Edward does not at he does not at all turn around while this child is talking to him. He's like, "Yep, I am." And Ricky's like, "Oh, great! I'm your son." And all of a sudden, you hear basically a Pac-Man was killed. Like, okay. So that that <laughs> that'll make you turn around and look. Wow. Found out he's broke and he has a son all in one day. What a day! <laughs> so Edward finally stops playing the game and kind of thinks to himself, or says like, "Son, son, what?" And he turns around and Ricky is all smiles, like, "Uh huh, yeah, I am." And Edward's all like, "But how? When? Who? Who? <laughs> Have you been with many?" People? And Ricky's like, Evelyn, his ex-wife. And Edward's all like, well, how can we have a son? We weren't married that long. And Ricky's like, well, it doesn't take very long. It's like, did you consummate the marriage? Then that's how it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it only takes once, one time. So Edward is trying to really wrap his head around this whole thing. It's like... So this kid has existed for the last 12 years, and he has had no idea about it. I wouldn't just be confused, I'd also be a little hurt, and not to mention a little angry at the ex-wife. But I'm going to play this clip as we see Edward and Ricky kind of trying to figure things out here. Son? Son? Yeah, yeah but, but, but how? I mean, when? Who? Evelyn? Your ex-wife, remember? How can we have a son? We weren't married that long. Well, it doesn't take that long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, his get up like what he's what he's wearing and Edward's like uh, are you in the service and Ricky's like no nah, I'm in middle military school like, but the way he's like I'm in military school he like looks at Edward like are you serious well I mean on the one hand I mean Ricky does have some medals on his jacket, so I don't know what those are for. But even still, yeah, he's 12. He's not going to be in the service. 
So, Edward quickly changes the subject to something that he's comfortable with talking about. And he's like, oh, I've got a great game for you to play. It's called Swamp Wars. And he's like, oh, you're a f your character is a frog and you're being attacked by mutant flies or something. And he's sticking, Edward is sticking his tongue out and closing his eye. And he kind of looks at Ricky and Ricky could not be rolling his eyes any harder. Like, are you serious right now? I'm like, are you sure you're my dad? <laughs> Mom, I think you made a mistake. <laughs> and that's when Edward's like, you know, Evelyn gave me that same look. And I'm like, you know what? I bet she did on multiple occasions. And <laughs> she did the same thing as she was walking out of your life. But, you know, her loss. Because he's, he's a cool guy. He just... His priorities. He needs to get his priorities straight. Oh, he's never really had to to really have any real responsibility. He, you know, as he had said, you know, he was born rich. So all he thinks about, you know, is spending money, going on lavish, va lavish vacations and everything. That money's no object to him. So now we meet Kate Summers, who is Edward's secretary. And Edward introduces her to his son, Ricky. donation to Toys for Tots, which great, that's awesome. He wants to donate a car. Um, uh, I, I'm sure they'd rather want the money, to be honest. Where, what are they going to do with the car? It's Toys for Tots, not Cars for Tots. But, um, she did speak to, to Lou and Leonard, and they made her aware of the cash flow problem, the fact that Edward really doesn't have any money. And Edward says, thank you so much for sticking by me through this. And, you know, he's like, I'm sure what this money issue is going to be temporary. So just, yeah. And, and, and you can see kind of in, in Kate's eyes that, 
we don't know it yet, but those two are eventually going to become, you know, an item down the road. And then, you know, it develops into more. And it's just, she, I don't know how long she's been working for him, but anyway, um, he introduces Kate to Ricky and she's like, oh, well, I didn't know you had a son. And Edward's like, huh, join the club. Neither did I <laughs> before today. And of course, Kate jumps right in and is like, oh, have you had lunch yet? And Ricky's like, mm, no, I haven't. And she's like, you know what? Why don't you go to the kitchen? I'll make you a sandwich. And he's like, oh, um, where's the kitchen? And she's like, okay, take the train through two rooms, um, past the, the ghost town and the old west and the mail hook and whatever. And she leaves. She tells Edward, you know, I'm going to hold on to this, um, donation thing and we'll deal with that later. So... Yeah, now Kate left, and now I think we're just kind of getting down to brass tacks here about why Ricky has shown up and basically what he wants from Edward. Don't you think we should talk or something?
grandpa was like, you can tell me there's a real wizard foosball. Hey, nothing personal. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell him that too. I won't tell him it's the truth. The truth? That nobody wanted me. So... Ricky, and this is the first time he's calling Edward dad. Like, dad, don't you think we should talk? And when Edward hears dad, it almost dawns on him, like, yeah, this is this is my kid. Like, it, it, it's kind of a shock at first to hear that. Because, well, he's never heard it before. And so Edward, of course, doesn't just want to sit down and talk. He's like, hey, why don't we play a, a game of foosball? I always, you know, talk better when... You know, I'm doing something with my hands. And, you know, Ricky's like, well, don't you wonder anything about me? I'm, And, um, you know, I wonder a lot about you. And whenever I'd ask mom about you, she'd show me a picture of a horse's butt. And so clearly R Ricky knows nothing other than Edward Stratton's name. But the thing is, they bring up computers, because that remote control that Edward used to open the door, he also used it to um, close the blinds on the windows. He said it's all operated on computer. And Ricky knows a lot about computers, which is really, really... <laughs> and Edward proves that he does not know much about... Basically, that remote that's run... Everything in the house is run by computers. He, it was just set up for him. He really doesn't know a lot about it. So, Edward kind of asked Ricky, like, why are you in military school? You look like a good kid. And it turns out his mother married, just got remarried to her ski instructor. And they wanted to go to Switzerland. So they figured, they wanted to go to Switzerland for the season. They figured, well, they don't want Ricky cramping their style. So... The mother decides to drop him in military school. Are you kidding me? So, Ricky kind of gets the idea, well, I really don't want to be there. How about I come stay here with you? And Edward's like, I don't think that's such a good idea. I mean, this house, it's not a kid's house. It's an adult house. And you look around and you, you're seeing the train, you're seeing the foosball table, you're seeing the arcade games. And of course, it looks like a big kid's house. Like, a kid would have a lot of fun in that house. And Edward just does not want that. He just like, I just found out you existed. I don't really feel comfortable with this yet. I certainly don't want you moving in here. And Ricky's hurt. He's like, well, great. Well, I'll be sure to tell my kids that their grandfather was good at foosball. And, um... You know, he's like, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to go eat my sandwich now. And then before he turns, or he turns before he uh, heads to the kitchen, he looks at Edward like, oh, but I won't tell my kids the truth. And Edward's like, well, what truth is that? And Ricky's like, that nobody wanted me. See, Punky Brewster was abandoned by her mother. Her dad had left. Ricky is basically a child of estranged parents, uh, a man that had no idea he had a kid, and a mother who would just dump him in a military school to go skiing with her new ski instructor husband. Basically, 
he's someone who's just in the way. And now the fact that Edward says, I really don't think it's a good idea for you to live here, he's just feeling unwanted. So I can definitely see the comparison between Ricky and Punky Brewster. So this is going to give Edward a little bit to think on. It's like, this kid's clearly been abandoned by his mother. She doesn't really care about him. She just thinks he's in the way. This was definitely, clearly, an unexpected pregnancy. <laughs> this is just, it's sad. It's sad that this kid just has to show up on his father's doorstep. Like, my mom doesn't want me. Maybe my dad, who doesn't know I exist, will want me. I don't know. So, Ricky opens the door, and it leads to Edward's office, where Lou is laughing on the phone, leaning back in the chair. You got the computer there. And Lou's a crook. He is the one who's been basically siphoning Edward's money out. While Edward has been... Had no idea this was going on. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Leonard, you should have been watching that man. It's not Leonard's responsibility to watch Lou. I would definitely be screening any possible future... You know, at that point, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to take care of my own money and keep my eyeball on it. Because I don't... I, I would have major trust issues after that if I were Edward. So... Lou was on the phone to his wife and mentioning how he pretty much took all of Edward's money, that he has no idea, he thinks he's donating to charities, when in fact the charity he's donating to is Lou's own personal bank account for him and his wife to spend. And now I don't know what she's saying on the phone, but he's clearly getting hot and bothered leaning back in that chair. And Ricky is hearing all of this. So the whole time, Ricky's been in there, and Lou, of course, has been occupied, you know, on the phone, and now he's looking at the computer, making sure he didn't, like, miss any money. He completely drained Edward's account. And Edward, or, uh, Ricky now is going to, uh, play the observant, interested, oh, Edward's my father, so I just want to, uh, see what's going on here. So I'm going to play this clip. This kid is a smart cookie. He knows, because he said he knows all about computers, which is good, because this is going to come in real handy. Hi, mister. <laughs> hey, kid. What you doing? Uh, just working. Thank you. 
to see that information, I just press these buttons. Oh, you mean like this? No, 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 no. <laughs> Only Uncle Luke should touch the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> well, here he doesn't I don't think he lets on that he's Edward's son and he basically oh that what's that is that a computer oh wow and 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 Lou's like oh do you know anything about computers and of course Ricky pay, plays dumb like, oh no I don't know anything about computers and of course that makes Lou happy like good 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 and <laughs> Ricky's all like saying like oh can you show me the Hulk's bank account and and everything like that, and then eventually he does get him to show uh, Mr. Stratton's bank account, which oh, there's a bunch of zeros. So basic, um, Blue gets out of there. He's like, oh, I gotta go see Aunt Sherry because he calls himself refers to himself as Uncle Lou to Ricky, and he's like, oh, I gotta like I gotta plane to catch. And as soon as he leaves. Ricky sits down in the chair. It's like, oh, yeah, see you again behind bars where you belong, you jerk. So Edward comes into his office on the train, and Leonard's there with him, and Ricky's kind of sitting in the chair. He's got the computer screen up. He's like, hey, Dad, can I show you this? And he basically wants to show Ricky, or Ricky wants to show Edward, um, the bank account, how there's nothing there, and how basically Uncle Lou, who's your business manager, siphoned all of your money from your account into his. steals from him. I don't know. 
Maybe I just can't read people. <laughs> no, don't feel bad. Lou suckered me, too. I better call the police and have Lou picked up. And Edward, from now on, please let me know when you hire someone with a prison record. Okay, Leonard. Uh, uh Leonard? What? Now that you mention it, you know the fellow that put in my burglar alarm? <laughs> I'll take care of it. So Ricky pretty much shows Edward his bank account and Edward's like, wow, there's nothing but zeros there. And then he shows Edward Lou's bank account, which has over two million bucks in there. And of course, it's not dawning on Edward yet that, um, yeah, why does that look so similar? And both Ricky and Leonard are like, um, it looks like he's been siphoning money out of your account, like all your money, and putting it into his. Turns out, Lou's got a prison record. And Edward hired him knowing that fact. Because Lou came to Edward looking for a job, and basically no one would give him one on account of his prison record. Mostly for embezzlement. It's like, oh, Edward, come on, man. I know you're childlike, but uh, that's common sense. You don't hire someone like that, especially if they have a, a history of that. So Leonard says, okay, Edward, in the future, please, please come to me before you hire anybody with a prison record. And then Edward's like, oh, um, by the way, the guy who set up the burglar alarm is like, Edward, you know what? Don't, don't do any of that. You leave that to Leonard. Let him take care of it, okay? And I love how Ricky just kind of rolls his eyes when the whole Edward knew that Le uh, Lou had been to prison. And <laughs> I love Ricky just rolling his eyes like, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. So if that guy siphoned money from one account, I mean, probably bait into that computer, couldn't Ricky reverse that? I mean, he said he's really smart with computers, but I doubt he's messing with bank accounts. So Edward says, hey, Ricky, why don't you grab that sandwich? You've earned it. So, and Ricky's, like, telling Edward, like, you know, we really learn a lot from each other. So, Kate comes in, and Ricky's like, hey, Kate, after I have my sandwich, can you show me my bedroom? And Edward's got this look, like, buddy, you're not staying here. I, I, I can't have you living with me. Basically, he's going to tell him, you need to go back to the military school. So, Ricky heads to the kitchen, and Edward's like, Kate, I want you to do me a favor and drop Ricky at military school. And even Kate is like, you're telling me that you're sending that little boy back to military school after what he did for you just now. I'm surprised she doesn't, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, this is the lowest thing you could ever do. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not so happy. 
should drive Ricky back to military school. You mean you're going to tell that little boy that he has to go back? No, I thought you'd do that too. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, don't you think that that is your responsibility? Yeah. Oh, good. I can't, Kate. doesn't want Ricky there. It's not because he doesn't like him. He likes him fine, but Edward's just saying, you know, he, he himself was a rotten son and, and this and that, and he just doesn't feel like he would be adequate enough. He basically thinks he would ruin Ricky's life by having him live there. It's like, he doesn't take a thing seriously and this and that. And he even was going to have Kate tell Ricky that he had to go back. And, and she was gonna, he was gonna have her take Ricky back. Like, like, buddy, you need to, like, man up and put on your big boy pants and deal with this. He is your son. Yes, this just fell into your lap. Yes, this is major, major news. But still, you have a responsibility to this kid. So, now we move to... Ricky's wearing Edward's hat. I don't know where that exchange came from. He probably put it on his head. And he's playing one of the games, and Kate is kind of watching him, and I think she's probably going to have to break the news to Ricky. Sucks.
this picture of your dad with you. Well, thanks. He didn't want me. I want the picture of him either. <coughs> So Kate sits Ricky down, like, I have to talk to you, and Ricky is like, this is such a great place, I hope we never move. And the look at Kate's face, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to break this to this, this child. And she basically says, your dad wants me to take you back to military school. And Ricky is heartbroken, which is understandable. He says, but I helped him. You know, with, with, with his... His money and everything like that. And he's kind of like, well, also, like, well, why isn't he telling me this himself? And Kate kind of makes up something. Oh, he had to go on a business trip, like, last minute. And, of course, Ricky sees right through that. And he's like, you're lying. And she's like, yes, I am. And I love how, I mean, Ricky Schroeder... If, I've not seen the movie The Champ, but I think he won an award for that or something. But his performance in that movie, Ricky Schroeder, who plays Ricky Stratton, is very big on dramatic acting. So taking on this role of Ricky Stratton, which is a sick, it's a Silver Spoons is a, a sitcom. So he felt a little uneasy with the comedic part of it, but here he kind of breaks down a little bit and he looks at Kate and says, Kate. I want a father. And she tells him, like, I'm sorry, buddy, but your dad, he's kind of like a big kid himself. He, he does not handle responsibility well and everything. And um, Ricky finally says, you know what, then let's just go back to the military school. Like, clearly he does not want me here. And she, re Kate reaches behind her on the desk and has, there's a picture of Edward and she's like, do you want to take this with you? And at first Ricky's like, no, he doesn't want me. I don't want a picture of him. And he sets it down and they walk out the door. And then the door opens and Ricky rushes in and grabs the framed photo of Edward to take back with him. So this is just sad. I mean, this kid is just abandoned by his mother, finds out he's got a dad. The dad clearly can't handle the idea of having a child in his life. And being that he and his father, which we'll learn that later on, that Edward and his father do not exactly have the best relationship. You know, Edward grew up, you know, rich, probably really spoiled. Even as an adult, he's spoiled. He gets to do whatever he wants with no real regard to any type of responsibility. He feels like he would just ruin Ricky. He would make him a spoiled little brat. Like, you know, he probably grew up to be. So, um, yeah. Now we're going to move to the military academy where we meet Jason Bateman, who will play Ricky's friend, Derek. And let me just tell you, Jason Bateman is... Amazing as Derek. Actually, that's one of the reasons they had to take him off the show because they 
kind of figured like he was starting to Jason Bateman's popularity started becoming more like he was kind of overshadowing the main character a little bit. So, um, but Jason Bateman is in a lot of movies. He, before this, he was on Little House on the Prairie. After Silver Spoons, I believe he would have done a couple other things, and then he would have moved on to Valerie, which turned into Valerie's family, which then turned into the Hogan family, so. All right, let's get the introduction of Derek, and Derek is a real piece of work. You could even kind of lump him in as the Margot Kramer of Silver Spoons. And also another thing I wanted to see about the pilot episode with Ricky's hair cut kind of falls. It's kind of a little long in the back a little bit and then long on the sides. I think after this pilot episode, they do cut his hair so it's more shorter and as what you would get, you would be accustomed to seeing him, what you're more familiar with seeing Ricky Strand with shorter hair. So we're at the military academy, um, Ricky is on the top bunk, and he's looking at the framed photo on the wall of his dad. There's also, I think, is it, like, Burton? Some, like, one of those pennant-like things that you hang on the wall? out of Derek's mouth. You just want to slap that kid. He is not a nice, like, not a nice kid at all. He's like, he's on the bottom bunk and he's kind of kicking his foot up against the bottom of Ricky's bunk. And he's like, oh, you're still looking at that stupid picture. Oh, you said you were going to go live with your dad, but instead you're back here. Oh, your dad doesn't want you. And then he's like, oh, how come all the kids I'm get to see their parents on Parents' Day, but no one ever comes to see you. And then he's, he kind of threw shade at him, saying, like, oh, your mom didn't want you, and clearly your dad does not want you. And I love Ricky's comeback with, um, I guess Derek has been calling Ricky's picture of his dad stupid, because Ricky's like, if you call this picture stupid one more time, the Tooth Fairy is going to need a wheelbarrow, as in you're going to have a mouthful of teeth. Oh, I also like uh, Ricky's line about, see, now I know why all your gerbils commit suicide, Derek. Well, yeah, this kid is a creep. But now the camera kind of pans over to the doorway, and we see this gloved 
green hand, monster hand. Is this like the green-eyed monster, like the creature from the Black Lagoon? Because Edward comes in, he's got the monster hands, but then he's also got the monster, um, the head on. He's also got the feet. So he's got the head, he's got the hands, he's got the feet. And I like how the Edward's got the green shirt on. You know, it's a nice touch. If they had green pants, he'd probably be wearing them. And Edward kind of creeps around uh, Ricky's side of the bunk. And the whole time, Ricky's just staring at the picture of his dad. But then Edward's like, I, I can't do a scary monster voice. And Ricky just turns his head ever so slightly and looks at him like, Hi, Dad. Like, I'm not exactly happy to see you right now. Ricky says the swamp thing. I don't know why I thought Creature the Black Lagoon. I don't know. They're not the same thing, I didn't think. And, of course, Edward's like, well, how did you know it was me? And Ricky was like, well, uh, they do Swamp Thing does not wear your shirt. Like the Izod shirt or the um, shirt that's got the little crocodile on it. So, Ever takes the Swamp Thing mask off, and he's like, hey, how you doing? And Ricky just kind of looks at it, glowers at him, like, do you care? And Edward kind of makes a joke, like, hey, Swamp Things have feelings, too. Like, uh-huh. So, Edward asks, like, hey, can I sit down? And Ricky kind of shrugs his shoulders, like, I don't care, go for it. So, being Ricky's on the top bunk... Edward has to kind of hop up there, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that makes me nervous. That is so much weight on that top bunk. <laughs> it's going to collapse. <laughs> but no, um, Ricky kind of asks, like, Dad, what are you doing here? And Edward kind of says, well, you know, I thought before you left I wanted to say something. And Ricky's like, what? And Edward looks at Ricky and says, don't go. And Ricky at first is like, is this one of your games or something? It's like, he's not kind of buying it just yet. Like, what's up here? So, <laughs> Edward's still got the monster hands on, and he takes Ricky's face in his hands, and Ricky's like, what? What are you doing? And Edward's like, no, I mean this. This is not a game. I don't want you to go. So Edward takes his hands off Ricky's face because he couldn't understand what was coming out of Ricky's mouth. And um, Ricky says, well, what changed your mind exactly? Because it's like you were kind of dead set on not having me live with you. And Edward says, you know, I was thinking, you know, I, y you were right when you said that we could actually learn a lot from each other. And he's like, yeah, you really can. You know, with... With Ricky, with with the brains, and Edward with the uh, childlike, you know, he can help R Ricky to kind of loosen up a little bit. Because, you know, Ricky just, he seems stiff, like he's kind of, not so much uptight, but he doesn't really know how to, like, let loose and have fun and, like, be a kid. And, well, that's Edward to a T. He's, like, been a kid, like, childlike mind since he was a kid. He's never really grown up. That's what Kate said. He's never had to really grow up and accept responsibility, so. 
So Edward kind of tells Ricky, he's like, you don't need to be stuck in this military school. All they teach you here is how to be a little man. You need to know how to be a little boy. He's like, I can kind of teach you that. Cause, and Ricky looks at him like, yeah, you, all, you probably could teach me how to be that. So, yeah, that's, that's good. He's just, they're opening up to each other. They're being honest. And they're like, you know, Edward is finally telling his true feelings. A little bit. Oh, and I like this here. Edward, it's funny because it says the show, the show is Silver Spoons. And Edward says, well, I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. They said the name of the show, Silver Spoons. Although he said Silver Spoon. But anyway. So Edward tells Ricky about how, yo, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He never, everything was handed to him. And he never really had the chance to really grow up. Nothing was really asked of him. He never had to take any real responsibility for himself. So he says that, you know, I think, Ricky, um, I can teach you how to be more of a kid. And you can kind of teach me how to be a little less of one, like an adult. And Ricky kind of looked at him first, like, are you sure you don't want me to just run your computer? It's like, you want my brain and not, you know, me. And Edward's like, no, no. And Edward's like, you know, I can hire someone to do that. I can hire someone to do anything, but I can't hire someone to be my son. Like, Aww. Oh, I love how he says, he, he kind of turns to Ricky. He's like, that's your job if you want it. It's like, and Ricky's kind of turning away. He's not really looking at his dad. He really, this is hard for him, you know? You probably, you know, you're asking a lot of me here. I was willing to give myself, you know, openly to be your son, and I wanted to be, but now, it's up to you, buddy. So, Ever says, do you want it? And, uh, Ricky kind of sits there for a minute, he's thinking on it. And he turns to his dad with a big smile on his face, and he's like, you bet, dad, and they hug, and it's so sweet.
guess I just never, never really grew up. <laughs> Man my age, old enough to be your father. <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyway, I figure maybe I could help you be more of a kid. You could help me be a little less of one. Are you sure you just don't want me to run your computers? No. I can hire somebody to do that. Hire somebody to do anything. Can't hire someone to be my son. That's your job if you want it. You want it? Son? You get that. <laughs> okay, let's blow this joint. like all right let's get out of here and ricky goes to put that military hat on and edward like yanks it off his head like no 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 never again as he puts it on the bunk bed and he hands him his hat that he had given to him like oh nope you'll wear this so they get ready to have the door Derek comes out of the bathroom wearing a blue bathrobe and he's like hey where are you going i'm thinking is that where Derek's been the whole time? In the bathroom taking one of the longest showers known to humanity? <laughs> but he's like, where are you going? And Ricky turns to Derek and says, home. And Edward and Ricky walk out. Like, oh, that was so sweet. This is, was a great um, season opener episode, the, an amazing pilot episode, guys, I loved this so, so much, and like I said, I'm so happy to be doing the show, so as I said earlier, the rating system for Silver Spoons is going to be the toy train, so I will give this episode, I'm going to give it a five, five out of five toy trains, that's my rating, what I, you know, the five things I liked about it definitely was the dynamic and the chemistry between, you know, Edward and Ricky, but Ricky and Joel Higgins, who plays Edward Stratton III, it's just, they complement each other so much. And Kate, I just thought, like, wow, she, you know, she's there for Edward, she's making him kind of see the error of his ways and everything. And maybe she did kind of talk to him and make him think a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, he could be here with you. You guys could help each other out. Um, Ricky for helping nab that that crook, even though Edward, you know, knew, like, oh, he hired him even though the guy had been to prison. Um, and just, you know, Leonard, too, was great. We'll see more of him, I think, for the next couple seasons. Um, Derek, this guy, Jason Bateman, I think they knew what they had with him, and that's why they decided to take him off in season three, two or three, I think it might have been three, 
they took him off the show just they felt that he was his popularity was really getting to be so much that they probably thought well we could probably utilize him so he's not upstate they were worried he was upstaging ricky schroeder on this show so like, all right let's take him let's give him like his own show or of his own little vehicle that he can you know work with there before uh valerie's family and valerie and the hogan family so for the silver spoonful well anyway excuse me first um derek is just like i said they didn't probably know just yet what they have with derek and him coming off as a creep he's like a male version of marco kramer like with the sassiness the cutting comebacks just yeah but just like Punky does with Margot, Ricky does the same with Derek. He's, like, not taking his garbage. Like, whatever you throw at me, I'm going to throw it back at you double. Like, what you say isn't really going to hurt me. Hurt me at all. Although it kind of does a little. But anyway. um, Yeah, for the silver spoonful. When it comes to finances... Don't just hire somebody, especially if they have a prison record for embezzlement. Use someone that you know and, and, and trust, or even just use your, or someone that somebody highly recommends. With the internet now, there are so many options, and you can talk to people and get a feel for people, instead of just hiring someone point blank regardless. That was bad on Edward's part, but luckily Ricky came. Think about it. If Ricky hadn't shown up, Edward, Edward's money would have been gone. He would not be seeing that money. And for Ricky, I mean, it's great, you know, him wanting to be with his dad, but to show up on the doorstep <laughs> when even a, a nice, well-deserved phone call, like, or even, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of interested to be going through and finding, like, when we meet Ricky's mother, she's not the nicest person in the world. If you guys have seen the movie Christine, it's a Stephen King novel, but it was turned into a movie in, like, that was, like, the early 80s, like, 83 or late 70s or something. Um... And that the actress was not, you know, her character was not nice in, in that. And I'm like, oh, no, that is going to be Ricky Stratton's mother. Oh, my goodness. So this woman's kind of got her own agenda going on with, you know, she's remarried. This woman goes through a lot of, like, boyfriends, husbands, what have you. So, yeah. And like I said, with Punky Brewster dealing with abandonment issues with her mother and, you know, her especially her mother and everything and having to create this new life with a you know a new person you know complete stranger whereas ricky has blood ties to edward and this is about them building a father-son relationship ricky is from estranged an estranged couple you know uh parents that like i said and so this will be an interesting aspect to, um, to, to go through and see. I mean, like I said, Punky Brewster, I was dealing with a girl's point of view. So I could simply, you know, I could relate. Now I'm going to be, you know, Ricky's 12, which is about the age that Punky would have been at the end of the show. So we go in season one, Ricky's 12. At the end of the show, five seasons from now, he's going to be like 16, 17 years old. So, yeah. 
maybe not a whole lot, you know, to relate to being that he's a guy, but maybe there are instances, like, I can find something that I can pick up, like, oh, I can, I get that, I understand, but... So, this podcast, I think, I know, uh, Punky Brewster kind of jumped around, Punky Power Podcast kind of jumped around a little bit as far as what days it would be on, and eventually settled on Sundays. With this one, we might either stick with Saturdays or just go to Sundays. So, really, you know, it's going to be either or. Because usually when I'm doing stuff, it's going to be on a Saturday, so it might be on Sunday. It just, it, 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 it depends. So, for next week's podcast episode, we're going to be jumping into Season 1, Episode 2, entitled Boys Will Be Boys, which aired on October 2nd, 1982. Ricky is pleased that Edward lets him get away with everything. Oh, boy. Yeah, you knew that Ricky was probably going to try to see what he could get away with. Until Derek tells him it means he doesn't care about Ricky. So they released Derek from the Military Academy, too? Great. Edward has to show Ricky that his relaxed attitude toward discipline doesn't mean that he doesn't love him. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we've come to the podcast where also I wanted to tell you about ways to connect with the Silver Spoons podcast. They do have, like I said at the beginning, they do have their own Aside from the Punky Power podcast, which episode info, new podcast episodes will be uploaded on the Punky Power podcast page. Um, They do have their own uh, social media. You can go to Instagram at Silver Spoons Podcast. You can go to Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, a Silver Spoons Podcast Facebook page. Those links are also on the SoundCloud page as well when you go to the Punky Power Podcast. It's all it's all there. It's all there. But now, as I mentioned, I am going to talk about a couple of the books I'm currently reading. They are middle grade books. They're library books, in fact. And one of these is a really... They're both really good books. I've just recently started getting into them. I'm not very far along, but one of them for October would be a great Halloween read. And these books are actually, they're relatively new. Night Books actually came out in late July. And this book is by J.A. White. A boy is imprisoned by a witch and must tell her a new scary story each night to stay alive. This thrilling contemporary fantasy from J.A. White, the acclaimed author of the Thickety series, brings to life the magic and craft of storytelling. Alex's original hair-raising tales are the only thing keeping the witch Natasha happy, but soon he'll run out of pages to read from and be trapped forever. He loves... he He's loved scary stories his whole life, and he knows most don't have a happily ever after. Now that Alex is trapped in a true terrifying tale, he's desperate for a different ending and a way out of this twisted place. This modern spin on the, I can't pronounce this, Shedhirazadi story is perfect for fans of Coraline and and a tale dark and grim. With interwoven tips on writing with suspense, adding in plot twists, hooks, interior logic, and dealing with writer's block, this is the ideal book for budding writers and all readers of delightfully just dark enough tales. This is... I'm really enjoying this book. I really am. It's... 
you know, you know how much I love to read. And this is a kid that not only likes to read, but he likes to write scary stories. So, um, these books actually will be posted on, you know, the Punky Power Twitter and the other thing, uh, other social media. So that way, if you guys want to check out these books, you're more than welcome to. The next book I have is called Front Desk, and this is by Kelly Yang. Front Desk tells the story of 10-year-old Mia Tang. Every day, Mia manages the front desk of the Cala Vista Motel, while her parents clean the rooms. She's proud of her job. She loves the guests and treats them like family. When one of the guests gets into trouble with the police, it shakes Mia to her core. Her parents, meanwhile, hide immigrants in the empty rooms at night. If the mean motel owner, Mr. Yao, finds out, they'll be doomed. Based on the author's life, the story follows Mia, the daughter of first-generation Chinese immigrants. And guys, it is a beautiful story. I am really... i just amazed. Like, middle grade is top-notch. It's even, to me, right up there with... Um, words. it seems like... I like why, don't get me wrong, they tell great... You know, young adult books, you know, they tell great stories. But middle grade is almost like a hidden treasure trove of gems, of great stories that seem to be like diamonds in the rough. One book I'm actually listening to on Audible right now is another middle grade book. It's called Marcus Vega Doesn't Speak Spanish. And this is by Pablo Cartaya. I'm sure I just mispronounced the name. Um, he is also the author of a book I would have talked about um, earlier in the year called The Epic Fail of Arturo Zamora, which was also, I listened to on Audible, and it's also a really great book. But Marcus Vega doesn't speak Spanish. And not to mention, I think I forgot to say that the books on Audible, um, Marcus Vega doesn't speak Spanish, and uh, The Epic Fail of Arturo Zamora are narrated by the author and let me just say he does a fantastic job but I'm going to read the synopsis of um, Marcus Vega doesn't speak Spanish. Marcus Vega is six feet tall, 180 pounds, and the owner of a premature mustache. When you look like this and you're only in eighth grade you're both a threat and a target. Marcus knows what classmates and teachers see when they look at him, a monster. But appearances are deceiving. At home, Marcus is a devoted brother, and he finds ways to earn cash to contribute to his family's rainy day fund. His mom works long hours, and his dad walked out ten years ago. Someone has to pick up the slack. After a fight at school leaves him facing suspension, Marcus and his family decide to hit the reset button and regroup for a week in Puerto Rico. Marcus is more interested in finding his father, though, who is somewhere on the island. Through a series of misadventures that take Marcus all over Puerto Rico in search of the elusive Mr. Vega, his father, Marcus meets a colorful cast of characters who show him the many faces of fatherhood. And he even learns a little bit of Spanish along the way. Marcus Vega Doesn't Speak Spanish is a novel about discovering home and identity in, in uncharted landscapes. Let me just say, this book is great. It shows a woman, you know, Marcus's mother is 
pretty much a single mother with the father being out of the picture. She's worked long hours working at um, as a flight attendant or just um, working at the airport. Um, Marcus kind of helps out a bit by... He, he helps... There's this particular bully that's picking on kids, and the kids need Marcus to kind of be their, be their bodyguard for him. So he, like, charges them, like, a service fee or something, like, five bucks. Is it five or ten dollars to walk them five days a week to school and home from school? Not to mention, Marcus has to take care of his younger brother, Charlie, who has Down syndrome. And I like how the author narrating does a great job performing as Charlie and just it's the and, and not to mention I don't know much about you know uh the Puerto Rican culture and stuff like that but guys I am learning so much and not just with this book but Front Desk actually is set um Marcus Vega doesn't speak Spanish is set in present day um Front Desk is actually set in 1993. So this is, of course, before the cell phone age and, and all that stuff. And I'm learning about the Chinese culture through um, Chinese, you know, family immigrating to America and just having to adjust to different customs. And But they still want to keep their own customs intact. I love... This is such a great way to help kids like learn about other cultures without having to just go and visit that place and just culturally diverse like authors you know they're getting their moment in the spotlight to shine and and help kids by doing this this is amazing i guys i love i've read so many good middle grade books in the last year or so that have been like more so than young adult. I've read young adult books that really, some stand out, some don't. But the middle grade books, amazing. So I highly recommend you guys, you know, if you have time, listen to these books. I believe most of them should be on Audible or there are other um, services out there that you can get these books too. But... That being said, um, let's see, what else am I doing? I am currently on Amazon Prime watching Family Ties. Also, I started uh, going back to my DVDs of Chippendale's Rescue Rangers at night. Also, YouTube has episodes of Pepper Ann, the cartoon I, I used to watch in junior high. I No, I think it was high school. Because when I get up in the morning, it'd be like VR Troopers or um, I think Recess would be on in the morning when I was in high school. And just little glimpses of that. Um, other than that, that's... Um, my dad actually has had in the last month um, four rounds of chemo. He went to Ann Arbor to have a CAT scan on his chest. Just to see, uh, they're going to get the results next Wednesday and kind of see if the chemo has had an effect on the cancer. So, um, my sister actually was able to get an RV because my dad wants to be able to go and visit some of the places kind of on his bucket list. Like, he wants to go to Mount Rushmore and, uh, Yellowstone and stuff like that. So, they're taking, my sister is taking my dad and Pam on a two-week, 
trip, just just traveling, you know, and dad doesn't have to do anything. He just hang out and just see the sights. And that's, that's great. And that's so amazing for my sister to, you know, help my dad, like, achieve his, his, his dreams and stuff like that. Um, as far as Quinn, Quinn's doing great. London's doing, my rabbit's doing awesome. I'm doing all right. I got to get back into walking. <laughs> um... Does Jeremy's doing good. He's playing his Mega Man games, and he tells me about when he he beats certain levels and villains and stuff like that, and that's really awesome. So, all right, everybody, have a great Labor Day weekend. I think this weekend here is not going to be the best. Um, you probably heard earlier in this podcast thunderstorms going on. I did say something I shouldn't have. Um, I do want to apologize. I don't mean to take the Lord's name in vain. If, if you guys are religious and stuff, I deeply apologize for that. But Okay, guys, so look forward to Boys Will Be Boys, the second episode of season one of Silver Spoons, to be next Saturday or Sunday. So, all right. Have a great, great evening, everybody. Bye-bye.